You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Okay, so last week uh, we just completed our three-part series on worship and I really enjoyed the worship set and we jigged things around a bit so that we could practice what we were preaching um, as Andrew was giving the message about the different stages of worship, how we find liberty in different stages of worship, and it's really good to know that. So if any of you want any of the notes um, that Andrew and I taught from, then just ask me for that and I will get it to you. Next week, we're going to begin a new message series, and it's going to be learning how to live in the kingdom of God. So learning how to live in the kingdom of God, and we're going to look at the practicalities of that. But today, I want to speak to you about preparing for a new season. Ooh, feel the suspense. So for the past number of years, I don't know if it's just me. It might be you as well. Past number of uh, years, what I have felt at the end of July is, beginning of August, normally normally, at some point, I'm going about my day and I'm going, feels a little bit different. I wonder we're heading into autumn. Am I on my own with that? I am absolutely and utterly (laughs) hung out to dry and completely on my own. Okay, right? Well, for the past couple of years, I have, at the end of July, beginning of August, just had this kind of, oh, I think we're shifting seasons now. And it might be that it's not very often, 24 degrees in Northern Ireland, but it might be that it is really, really hot. I've got the flip-flops on for the one week of the year that I can actually wear them. And I'm thinking, just of this overall sense of it's just changing. So I'm on completely on my own. All right, then let's move on swiftly. I want to tell you a story of what happened. Um, I used to work for Titanic Belfast as a purchasing assistant. And so we're talking about preparations and seasons and all of this new season, so bear that in mind. So I was quite happily working away, knew that my role as a purchasing assistant wasn't the be-all and end-all, wasn't going to be where I was ending up, but I really liked it, really liked my boss, knew what I was doing. You know you hit that point in a job where you're like, I know what I'm talking about. Yes, you just know. And if somebody came to ask you, you'd be like, yes, well, you just do this. And if you double click on this file, it's here, here, and here, and you just walk away thinking, yeah, I know what it is. I've started too many jobs to detest the feeling of not knowing where I'm at. So it was in the job, it was all going very well, and Chris and I shared a love for coffee. And we had a lovely glass jug and a coffee dripper. Anybody else with me? Don't leave me hanging on every point this morning. And uh, in the morning, Chris would make it, and then I would clean it out for the afternoon, coffee that happened at three. So we had this lovely glass jar, and I often thought, if I ever break this, he is going to kill me, because he's very particular. I am quite particular too, but not quite as particular as Chris. So in February of 2020, I was washing the glass jug, and a little whispering thought came into my mind, which was, when this breaks, it'll be time to go right? I thought, it's totally the curry I had last night. Uh, You know, whenever God asks you to give money, you're like, no, no, that wasn't you. (laughs) And yet, when there's other things that we really want out of our self-interest, we're like, Jesus told me that it was all going to work out and it'll be okay. So I had the words, when the coffee, uh, when it breaks, it'll be time to go. And I thought nothing of it. So then, uh, this was, remember the timing, it was February 2020, and then it was the beginning of March, Chris sent me a WhatsApp of a broken coffee jug, and I thought, right, uh, he's broken it, so glad. My initial thoughts were, it's broken, oh dear, 
thank the Lord that it wasn't me. And then I wonder, is there something else going on? And the last day, the full, last full day, normal day that I worked in Titanic was the 16th of March. Um, I did a, week's, a week uh, working from home and then was furloughed and then eventually made redundant. So I've come to value when you get a sense of something's happening, even though it looks like, I mean, Titanic was turning over millions. It was one of the, I mean, it had won the world's best tourist attraction, I think it was 2016. And it was just year on year, there were more cruise ships, there was more money, the department was growing, it was just all fantastic. And in the middle of it, when the coffee cup breaks, it'll be time to go. So when it comes to the end of July or August or whenever it is, and I get the sense the seasons are changing, I tend to notice. Because what I understand is that it is his kindness to me. Now also there's times, we're going to cover it a little bit, where he doesn't warn us. Isn't that right? Things happen and you think, my goodness, it's totally taken, you know, it's just taken me out from the right-hand side. I, I don't know what's going on. But whenever I'm warned of something like when the coffee jug breaks, and how ridiculous a thing that he would say a coffee jug. Well, he can do whatever he wants. He uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. Whenever he says those things, it's really, really good to listen. So I was given a warning. I was given time to get my mind around the shift, even though me really and my understanding getting my mind around the shift would be, it's going to happen at this time. You're going to be out of work for this stage. You're going to be starting to do this thing that you stopped doing. And then by this date, you're going to have a new job. Because I would like to have it all laid out. Anybody else? Remember we were teaching about the circuitous paths? How many times since I've taught that have I thought, I wish I didn't teach on the circuitous paths. Because he goes left to right and up and down and back around where you started and then round again and then back 50 steps behind where you were and then you think I'm not making progress at all. I was given time to make the necessary changes and preparations for what the coming season would bring, even though I didn't know what the coming season would bring. But what I understand is it is his kindness to me. God doesn't have to warn us as to what's coming, does he? We don't have to know that there's a change coming. We could be just kept in our own way and just on we go and it just happens and we're devastated and on we go. But what I understand is that when I'm walking with him and walking with him as close as I can, sometimes when people get up and I've heard speakers talk about intimacy with him, it doesn't feel real. It sounds like intimacy should be that every moment you're just, Lord, Lord, oh, Lord. And the reality is that we forget about him, don't we? I forget about Claire quite a lot. We've been away in Sligo for the past weekend and loads of time that I haven't thought about her. Still married to her. We're still intimate in a relationship. We've still got stuff we've got to work through like any other couple. But I'm not thinking about her all the time. A lot of the things that I'm doing, I'm painting the hall. I hate Mark. Actually, you love decorating, don't you? Why did I not think this through? Could put you on the spot and say, you're free this afternoon, we'll get this done. But I'm doing the hall not for me, I'm doing it for her. So my intimacy with her doesn't mean that every single second that I'm thinking of her, although we do want to bring the Lord to our minds as much as we can. But when I am in close relationship with him, he's going to talk to me and he's going to warn me about things that I didn't know was coming. Our God is so very, very faithful and so very, very kind. Do you agree? And the hard truth is it doesn't matter whether you agree because he is. 
to embrace his kindness in preparation. So July, got the flip-flops on and I'm getting this, oh, I think it's changing seasons. Or in this business and it's going really, really well and you're getting an increase in your salary and you're told that you're going to be leaving. At that point, I have to not lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, acknowledge him and he will make my path straight. Don't I? Don't we? Because if he says something's about to change and we're going, no, it's not, who's going to win? We're going to have to recalibrate ourselves from where we are to where he is. And it's his kindness and his faithfulness that calls us to recalibrate because it's necessary to do so. The second verse I want to read out is the old faithful, Romans 12 too. Hopefully you could all quote it like that. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So I'm in this business. It's very secure. It's making loads of money. It's growing. We're all getting pay increases. But the Spirit reveals to me that actually you're going to be moved off that and into something else. So that's going to cause my mind to have to be transformed, isn't it? Because it looks like I am where I am, and it's going to be that way for a long time until circumstances change, and we know what we're doing, and it's all great. The other key part is, unless I let my mind be transformed and renewed, then I'm not going to be able to, what it say here, test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For the year and a bit where I was really pretty much redundant, it didn't feel like it was a good, pleasing, or perfect will. But it was his good, pleasing, and perfect will, because I tried to get out of it. Many times do we do that. God has said, well, I wouldn't broadcast it, but God has said this, and then you get the randomers come. One guy who would even confess to have a faith in Jesus said to me, well, uh, how do you think you're going to be able to do what God's called you to do if you decide to do that? And I was like, oh, right, right, the gloves are off here. What is it you're saying to me? His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So the time out would be, what's he saying to you? If what he's saying to you looks slightly contrary or completely contrary to where you are and there's a new season coming, then what do you need to do to allow your mind to be transformed so that you can then test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will? And you and I know from what we've taught here, it's not straightforward. I really want it to be straightforward. I want my bank account to have loads of money in it and have this lovely job that I adore and for my relationships to be like a Disney movie. And the greatest difficulty that Claire and I have is that I'm so sorry, my love, I was slightly harsh with you there. I shall never do it again. Instead of going, feels cold in here. Uh, what have I done? Uh, did I leave a cloth in the wrong place? Uh, what did I do? Did I forget to do something? Did I not tell her about it? Uh, it's really complicated, isn't it? But we know that his pastor secured us, that he's good, and his good, pleasing, and perfect will won't look like a straight line. It'll maybe look, and often looks completely different to what we thought it would look like. Second thing I want to say is he's a good, good father, and a good father prepares his children when they need to be prepared. There's definitely times that his parents, I think all parents can notice this, that it's probably the best thing to not prepare a child. You're probably better just to be with them as you go through or you walk them through what they need to walk through. 
Because there's times where God will come and say, okay, um, there's going to be a change. There's other times where he will not warn you because if he warned you, you would freak out. But he's going to be with you. And we're all in church because we believe that all we need is him, don't we? In our spirits, in our souls, we have a different opinion. There's a lot of other things I need more than Jesus. But the reality is the only thing that I need is him and the provision comes through him. When you and I stay in relationship with God, our relationship supplies us with everything that we need, not everything that we want. Second Peter 1 to 3, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God, of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. So whether we like it or not, right here and right now, and it's always going to be right here and right now, isn't it? Isn't it? It's never yesterday and it's never tomorrow. It's always right now. It's actually a Buddhist concept, but it's not theirs. It's ours. He is right here and right now, and as Van Morrison sang, it is always being now. Do you have everything that you need right now? You need to take that away and chew on that one. Because you do. Or else the Bible's telling lies. Let me smack you around with this first for a while. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. All things, all times, every good work. So no matter where you and I walk, whether it's through these valleys that we experience horrors and things that we never dreamed we would go through, it's always going to be now, and he's always going to be right here with us, no matter what. Grace, let's reframe grace. Now, grace is what we were all taught, which is that Jesus died so that we could have what he had, because he paid the price for it, and it's unmerited favor, and we get relationship with God. Yes, it is absolutely that. But it is also everything that God gives you in your life. What you're wearing, your relationships, your time, the transport that you got here on, finances, desire to act, books, references, people to inspire you, his voice, the home that you live in, and the geographical location where you are right here and right now. Grace is more than just a theological thought. It is everything that he has graced you with. So just to touch on this, and I have really gone through it just about when I was using the analogy of the parent not warning the child but being present with them. But of course there are times where God doesn't warn us because we don't need to be cognitively prepared or be aware of a need for preparation. But what I would suggest to you is that if you're walking with them, and often even when you're not, God will make preparations in you for what is to come that he's not going to warn you about either. He does. He just does. And often we don't, well, we can never understand things as we live them. We understand them as we look back on them. And when we look back, we go, my goodness, if that hadn't happened, then that couldn't have happened. And this wouldn't have happened and I wouldn't have had that relationship. And look, I have everything actually that I need. 
There was a situation recently for us, and we'd been praying for one thing, and there was one other thing which I was like, no, I never want that. And then, I'm talking in riddles because I need to, and then this thing that actually did happen that ended up being the reality, the next morning I said, God, I can't believe I'm thanking you for the very thing that I was trying to avoid. You're all with me? Doesn't he do things in a roundabout, upside down way? His ways aren't our ways, nor his thoughts are thoughts, but they're higher and they're bigger. And what I realized in the circumstance I'm talking about in riddles was, if it hadn't happened the way that it had happened, all of the people wouldn't have been in the place to embrace what they needed to embrace. They would have rejected it. So all we can do is just trust him. Take his hand and go, all right, man. And often I take his hand going, I don't want to take your hand. You know, whenever your children are really annoyed at you and you're like, take my hand, we're crossing the road. I want to take your hand. And then they try to do this handhold. And you're like wrestling them and you look like you're all over the place trying to get this child across the road. Are you like me? God goes, take my hand, son. I'm like, I don't really want to take your hand. Well, take it anyway, all right? So we just have to take his hand and walk on. Good fathers make preparations for their children. So the second thing is the prophetic call to prepare. Today's message is a prophetic call to encourage you to be prepared for a new season. Your response may be, oh my goodness, Colin, is there something bad coming? What do I need to do? Is that anybody else's? Okay. Why would there be something bad? Because you've experienced bad things? Because life can be difficult? There's loss and there's difficulty? Thank you for your transparency in what you've just said, though, because it illustrates a point that needs to be made. We tend to catastrophize, don't we? We go straight from A to Z, from white straight to black, that it's going to be really, really difficult. We expect the worst, fear the worst, and normally we do that as an ineffective means of preparation to somehow protect us from any pain that we've experienced or might experience. God's very clear that fear isn't ours. We shouldn't embrace it as ours because his perfect love drives it out. Everything's going to be all right, okay? It is going to be all right. It really is. It's going to be all right. If you don't give up, if you do give up, it's not. If, it, if you don't give up, everything's going to be all right because God, the one that we actually need, isn't going anywhere because it is always being now. Hebrews 13.5 says, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. The leave is physical, and the second one is the one that means more to me. I've been okay with physical departure. What I have really struggled with is emotional departure. He's never going to abandon us, never going to leave us. We're never going to offend him. He is unoffendable. He will call you to account for the things that you've done. And will have said, because of choices that you've made, you've made distance from me, but he's not going anywhere. So life is wonderful and life is absolutely awful too, isn't it? There's joy and there's pain. Both are present. And often at the same moment, in the same time, you're going, I don't know what to do with this. I'm standing beside someone who is in joy and in someone who is in such deep, deep grief and sorrow. It's just... And a big part of learning to live the life in all its fullness that Jesus promised us in John 10, 10. I point at Claire and Barry because John 10, 10 means something for you guys. 
and for us too, that we're promised by Jesus is to learn to embrace life in all its fullness. Now, does life in all its fullness just mean the lovely bits? Or does life in all its fullness mean the joy and also the pain of what it means to be alive? To change our position from prayers of pain avoidance to a posture of acceptance and embrace of the sufficiency of his presence with us. Is anybody else learning that one? I have tried to reject the very things that I love and the people that I love at the beginning so many times that I now distrust my own discernment and really I'm learning to lean on him. If you're anything like me, and I'm saying that, please tell me that you're something like me. That is normative experience. We want to reject things, don't we? We want to say, I don't want this time that is being thrust on me or this thing that has happened or this person that's walked into my life. But actually, if we learn to go, okay, God, I recognize what's going on in my soul, but I get that you're not removing this. And as valid as it is for me to ask you to remove it, I need to accept that you're giving it to me. So help me to accept what I do not want. So we need to be prepared for a new season. The dictionary defines prep and prep, preparation as making someone ready or able to do or to deal with something. And the Greek word prepared is hedo, hedo oh, it sounds, begins with hedo. It means to prepare or make or made ready. So you and I prepare to go on holiday. We prepare for our children going to school. We prepare to move house or start a new job. If it's our first time, we'll likely research it. If we've experienced these things before, then we can draw on previous experience and make preparations. When there's a change of season from the na in the natural, from summer to autumn or to winter, we know the light's going to decrease, particularly in this country. We know it's going to get colder, so it's no surprise. It's a wee bit nippier this morning. We'll need warmer clothes, more layers. We know that the heating bills are going to go up, and every year in the summer, I'm like, <laughs> it's just so... And then sometimes when I'm at the back, I hear the... And I'm like, why is the heating on? It's the summer. It's not cold. Oh, it's feeling a wee bit cold. Are you cold, Anna and Isaac? Claire, go touch my nose. My nose is really cold. And I'm like, I don't care what your nose is doing. It's 24 degrees out there. Turn the heating off. But we know that those things are going to happen. There's many stages of preparation. And the first is that there's a new season coming. So I feel a little bit like a herald of old this morning. Offering to you that there's a new season coming. It's time to make preparations. I don't know what that new season look like, looks like. Don't go straight to, what does it mean? Is everything going to fall apart? No, God's here. It's not going to fall apart. It's going to be okay. But I believe that there's a new season coming. And the first part of preparation is going, oh, I think there's maybe a new season coming. And for day, today, that's enough. You know those times when you start something new and you're so disappointed by what you got done? And yet, when you've walked for a bit, you realize that actually, on your first day doing one thing's enough. Today it's enough. I believe there's a new season coming. And everything begins with our thinking and changing our thinking because we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. Could I get the worship guys up? So it's a call to intimacy. 
First Chronicles 12:32 says, "From Issachar there were men who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Two hundred chiefs with all their kinsmen at their command. They knew what time it was by the Spirit of God, not by just reading the, the signs or the leaves are starting to, to, or the trees are starting to drop their leaves. They knew what time it was because they were close with the Spirit of God, sons of Issachar, who understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Ecclesiastes 8.5 says, Whoever obeys his command will come to no harm, and the wise in heart will know, and it's yada gnosko know, the proper time and procedure for every matter. So when we stay close to him, no matter what situation you are thrust in, if you have Jesus in your heart, he's also called wisdom, you will know the proper time and procedure for every matter. What tends to happen is we get panicked. We start then to believe old things. I don't know what to do. It's not going to be all right. What's it going to happen? It's all dependent on me. Rather than breathe, quote this verse to yourself. David spoke to his soul often. You've wisdom. You're going to know what to do and when to do it. Just be at peace. Galatians 5.25, since we live by the Spirit, let us walk in step with the Spirit. And this is about learning to live life with God, step by step, not the seemingly big moments, but in the humdrum of your daily, often boring life. You know the way you do relationship? Just like that, step by step. And then finally, John 15, 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I will I in you, you'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And until we get to the place where we recognize that without him, we're, we can do nothing, we'll st- still keep doing it in our own efforts. Okay? So I believe that there's a new season coming. And it's time to get prepared. That's all I've got. So let the Holy Spirit begin to bring some reorientation to you, to bring some expectancy for what he's going to do, for what he wants to do in you, what he wants to do in those around you, what he wants to do in your church, what he's doing in your town and in the earth in general. There's a new season coming. Can I invite you to stand with me? If you guys want to begin menstruating. So as always, we're going to call you to respond some questions to help you to respond and if you can say yes to any of the following questions then please come and join me now at the front and as we've done in the last few weeks if you can pop your mask on and just remain about a meter apart we'd appreciate that so first question do you want to learn to not lean or to increasingly learn to not lean on your own understanding and to separate your soul and your spirit secondly do you want to grow in intimacy in your relationship with God I'm not talking about night and day difference. I'm talking about another step in, another step closer to. And then finally, do you want to be like the sons of Issachar, knowing the times and the seasons and having wisdom to know what to do and when to do it? If you can answer yes to any of these questions, then please come and join me. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.